everyone, and welcome to this episode of Waynesboro at Work, a podcast where we interview business leaders and entrepreneurs to learn about the origin stories of their business, the passion that they have for their work, and a lot of things in between. So today I'm really excited to be joined by Mary Catherine Froelich, who is the owner of Stone Soup Books. Mary Catherine, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for asking me. Well, and for those of you watching on uh, YouTube, you can see the beautiful array of books behind Mary Catherine. For those of you listening, uh, just imagine a, a, a beautiful library with lots of colored books, and that is what she is sitting in front of. So true to the name, uh, Stone Soup Books, she is uh, living up to that part of things. So Mary Catherine, tell us about Stone Soup Books. For people that don't know about it, how would you explain your store? Um, I would probably I, I tell stories. So I would probably start at the beginning. Okay. Um, Soup Books was a bookstore cafe for about seven years on the top of the where downtown just starts in a little old house. And we remodeled it and had a cafe with amazing food, a chef. We had music on Friday nights, just an experience. It was a gathering space. Nice. Um, that closed about, I want to say now, six years ago. Okay. And in the interim, I continued to do the things that kind of brought me to do that. I continued to be a bookseller, um, to bring conversation, uh, author events to, to places like breweries, um, to work for the farmers. JMD Farm was the farm that was supplying us with our locally sourced uh, meat products. So beef, pork that we use in our soups. Um, also any vegetables. They, they provided us with so many vegetables. So we were like on that front edge of local, 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 local. And also our mission was really about bringing people together to appreciate all that we had already here, which is where the name came from, Stone Soup, um, which is making things out of what you have. It's very community-based. So a pandemic hit. And all of the... All of the places I was actually working at the farm that was had supplied us with these food. I was growing. So the farm um, owners, Jenny Driver and Michelle Marston, um, Miller Driver and Frida Driver, they said, Jenny kind of proposed, oh, you've closed the store. Uh, we need a, a farm market manager. So mm. I was considering yoga. <laughs> <laughs> And other types of work. Yes. And I decided, well, you know what? This is the kind of shift that I need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I took on their management of their farm produce growing um, for, for CSAs and for farm market and that kind of thing. So I did that along with selling books online mm-hmm. on uh, all the antiquarian books that you see and some of the new books that I was doing with uh, WMRA. Uh, they have a books and brews program that we interview authors in breweries and have a community conversation. Um, And this is, it's such a long story. I'm just, you know, this is what is really what brings me to being a bookseller is because I am, I love story. Um, So during pandemic, all this was shifting. I was considering reopening sort of in a retail space, but still providing the services that I did. Um, And everything shut down everywhere. Mm. Um, And the farm, we went from growing uh, all kinds of Easter lilies and things for churches and all the celebrations that we would have to full on 
nonstop food production. We put everything into food production. And we had an amazing 50 uh, member CSA that summer. Um, We were providing winter vegetables and all of those types of things. In the meantime, I was still kind of seeking because I knew this part was still speaking loudly. And um, I found driving around and and doing a little soul searching and trying to figure out how to be a bookseller in 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 the world that we are in. Um, And I found this amazing place in downtown Waynesboro, which I love Waynesboro. It has so much story and so much green space. And this space is a an old uh, industrial building. It was in the area that did a lot of just kind of gearhead type things, making things, warehouses. In fact, it's built at an angle mm. um, because the railroad used to go behind the building and oh, wow. they have a loading dock that they would load right into uh, into the into the car. So it's, it's an angled building, which I love because that also is unique and different. And it was a little dilapidated. There were broken windows. So that summer of pandemic, we spent um, just taking it down to its bones and scraping and painting and put friends to work uh, with masks on for a real reason. (laughs) So we wouldn't inhale anything. And um, it is an amazing space. It's hard to find, um, even though we're in the center of downtown Waynesboro, uh, we're on Race Avenue and that's a new street. So it's just before you hit the river and our building has a mural on it of three Korean women done by kimchi juice. Lovely. Um, so it's, it's a beautiful, identifiable building. And now um, in the last, gosh, just November, the Blue Ridge Children's Museum, which had plans to occupy a building that's on our same street here, uh, put in their actual footprint as the, the natural play space for children. So there's an entire play space next to us. It's becoming more identifiable. So nice. people can find us. Well, that's, that's how I ended up here. Okay. All right. Well, that, so many points to touch on there. Um, so we'll get to all of those. I guess my very next question is, you said that you love, um, you know, story and storytelling. Where did that originate for you? Um, so I grew up in a small town in Burlington, Iowa, on the Mississippi River. And Iowa is not known on the East Coast very well. Uh, <laughs> you know, you either think suddenly potatoes. I had people ask that. Um, and the, I will say this. The public library was the core to uh, everything from, from where we, I went from uh, my little town to so many other places. Mm-hmm. Um, fantasy, history, biographies, um, all kinds of traveling that I did through books. And, and that was truly um, what I've been a reader all my life. And, and the, the library allowed me to travel everywhere, even though I was there landlocked in, well, right on the Mississippi River. <laughs> yes. um, that's really what started my love of story. Um, plus my family, the Books were always kind of an important part of our lives. My grandfather was a printer. Oh, wow. um, my, my, my folks were always read to us. Um, I grew up in an old home that was rickety and sort of scary and, you know, had, an, had a very vibrant imagination. <laughs> I think I was seeing ghosts. And I would call myself at night by reading Little House on the Prairie. It was so, you know, it was, it was like you felt you were home, you were safe. It was wonderful. I have a set right now of those old 
you know, hardcover Little House on the Prairie, it makes me think of that. But books have become, and every time I would make an important change, it would be based on what I had picked up or somebody had recommended mm. a book yes. and I would read it and it would be so connecting. Yes. I would hear that I wasn't alone in something I thought or felt, or it would also be so entertaining <laughs> where mm. you would just, during mm. pandemic, my goodness, I, I kind of revisited some classics and I was, I had the most ugliest cover book I've ever seen. And I thought, heavens, because I didn't pick it. You know, the library put it in a bag and I and they had it for my for me. And it was the worst cover, but it was the best story. Yeah. It was so good. And so get lost in story. Story is, it can take us away. It can also re in, kind of reinforce us that that through time and space, we have experienced this with other people. Right. Um, I had a, a year I spent with, with Rumi and I, you know, reading one passage of, of Rumi and there's a book a year with Rumi mm -hmm. and you think this guy was living 500 years ago and we've had this year together. It feels sort of, <laughs> you know, oh, we're yeah. having these conversations. So it's, it's really a way we can kind of time travel and influence and, and show people new ways. Right. Yes. I absolutely relate to so much of what you said. I did not grow up in Iowa, but um, my parents read to me even before I was born, you know, mm -hmm. and um, just growing up with books. And like you said, like I, it was a way to travel to other places to meet other types of people. And I always say like, there are some books that I, I consider friends because yeah you know, you, I can remember when I first read the book and then like, if something's happening in life, I might revisit that particular book. And I mean, it's just, I can't even explain the impact that books have had in my life. Um, so I definitely relate to everything you're saying there. Um, so you mentioned the pandemic and clearly, you know, we're not out of that quite yet. Um, but I just want to get a sense, um, you know, you're going along, you're doing your thing and then the pandemic hits mm -hmm. and you're a business owner. And, you know, with that comes, you know, kind of a leadership role in the community. What was that like for you? Um, not just from a business perspective, but just, you know, as a, as a person, what was dealing with that like? I think that's a great question. And I think we're still un unwrapping it. I think mm -hmm. we're going to be unwrapping that question for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I think by not talking about it, we put that off a little bit further. Yes. But I think when it when it hit and all of our events, author events were shut down. I was in the middle of, we were, I was going to do book selling for the Festival of the Book in Charlottesville. Mm -hmm. And I had probably 10 um uh, young adult authors that I had books ordered in for, and that was immediate, that was canceled. Mm -hmm. So it was an immediate, oh gosh, I've got to ship all these books back. You know, I've, these are all, this is all done. We're done. And, and, and then the fear and the, all the other things around how do how do you do this? But as you walk through that process and as you're outside and you're, you're trying to kind of get energy from other spaces and try to refuel, um, you have to listen. And you have to ask people and keep listening and keep walking and then determine. And for me, it was a determination of, hey, now is an opportunity to really dig back in, to put deeper roots in, 
to be more of that, to be a place where story, it continues. And we need new stories as we, you know, we, we combat the racism, the issues that we're, 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 we're boiling over with. We need a place where those stories come out and that there's, there's dialogue and not polarized walls, you know? And that's what I think booksellers and books are very important for. And our communities need those places. So that's what really pushed me to have a retail space to dig in, <laughs> to, to actually, you know, put on the mask and, and paint and, you know, scrape floors and pull vines off things and repair windows and all of that. It was really very constructive to be a part of the construction yeah. um, and then to, to put things back together. And it's been a great unfolding. You know, it's confusing because people knew us before as a bookstore cafe and we, we had a whole new uh, logo and a website designed by the JMU students. I'm going to give them a big pitch. Nice. Biz Lab. Um, they were fantastic. And uh, they, I told them, I said, you know, one of the things we'll, we'll confront is somebody will want to have a sandwich here and they'll want, you know, the things that we used to be. And we're not that. We're new. Just like we all, we're not going back to normal. We're mm -hmm. in new places. This is a right. new time. Um, and so they at the end of our stone soup books, we kept the name um, and we put at the South River because that's critical and important to what our role is here. We are here, we are here. <laughs> we are in this place, in this time. Um, we are right outside the window here. I see the South River, there's the Greenway Walk. Um, so I can visit it all the time. I can read a book at the river <laughs> and I kayak the river. So I love the river and I, I have visions of like, bringing my kayak here and just falling <laughs> out. And I've done it with authors actually. So um, at the river is also important because it kind of, it, it, it speaks to how important the nature and the natural world is to our daily lives. Mm. Um, that that's very important to what we have here. My work on the farm, which continued some of that for me, our emphasis is, um, uh, you know, the natural world, exploring it, um, you know, for children, seeing what is a tree how do I how do I my grandson wants to you know learn how to climb a tree and we have little books on you know finding things while you're out there seeing the seeing things just taking a little time and and gardens and all of those types of things so our our new book focus is is a lot of that sustainable living and and nature books and books about Waynesboro and where we're at um and we also, of course, do with the the other piece, which is really important and part of our name of Stone Soup, and it's been a it's been a fun thing, and it really came about because of pandemic. Um, we have a rescued book program, so the rescued books are books that are our friends that we need to let go of. That we mm -hmm. have to either we're moving, we um, I have you know people who've died. Um, there's there's something about it that these were my father's books. These were my mother's books. These were my books. And I don't want them just to get dumped out or put into a trash can. So we have a bin out back that we dedicated um, in April. And it was put together by a local farmer, Wild Alter uh, Farmstead. They put this bin together for us out of recycled materials. And people can put their books in there all the time. And they can specify whether they want to do it as consignment. We'll put all of these books online. We put them on Amazon, Biblio, Abe Books. 
and we sell them. And when we sell them, we send them a check. And I always tell people, it's going to be like a surprise. It might be seven years from now. <laughs> it might be ice cream money, but it's fun. And you know that they have found a new home with somebody who appreciates them as much as you appreciate them. Right. Um, and the other piece about the rescue book is we also have nonprofits. And that's how it started was I reached out to the libraries and I said, you're not doing your library sales. You can't. But how about we come in and we get those books and we assess them and we give you back. A, a, a big chunk um, of the proceeds. So we work with a number of nonprofits now. You can specify on rescued books if you want it to donate to Friends of Augusta Library or Friends of Waynesboro mm -hmm. or uh, Renewing Homes is another nonprofit we work with and Habitat um, and the Organic Farmers Association. So, and, and at a local church. So we've got since pandemic, since about a year, about a year and a few months, We've donated over $2,100 wow. to these partner nonprofits. And it makes me so happy. That's rescued books doing work for, for nonprofits in our community and for people if they want to have a little bit of ice cream money or consignment style money. Um, it's, it's really been a amazing program. And I'm, I'm so excited about that. That is so exciting. And like you said, you know, I know myself and other book lovers, that is a conundrum that you come to, because if you are going to be letting go of some books, you know, where to take them and you, you know, you end up caring about a lot of these books. Um, so I love that so much. So anybody can come put their books in the bin and then specify if they want that to be donated or they want the check to come to them. Is that how that works? Yeah. There's a little box they check um, whether they want a consignment or, and then I have a conversation with them so that they understand what that means. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, um, and I mean, I, there's people I've had on consignment with us for 15 years. So yeah. they've been receiving, you know, and suddenly sometimes they've only given me a few books the more books you give, obviously, sometimes, and the, the more that they're unusual or, um, but it doesn't matter. All books, we take them all. The only thing when people ask me, what don't you take? And I say, if it's moldy, if yeah. there's mold or it's been heavily damaged uh, and it's not super old, then probably it, it's just going to recycle because it, it definitely mold is something we can't have. So, so mold does <laughs> not work. And I do recycle. I mean, books that come in that I know that I'll, I will, they'll, they'll go to recycling because they, they've, they've done their job. And yeah. one fellow, I went to the, his father's um, garage and his books had been heavily used, lined and, and underlined and highlighted. And he'd written in all kinds of languages on these books. And then they'd been stored in a garage without proper heating and AC and some water had gotten in. So there was a lot of damage and they were beautiful. And I told the son, I said, you know, this, these books have done their job. They've really been well loved and, and used. So sometimes it's just, we want to hear that, you know, we don't, yes. we want to know that they've, they've been important. They have been, they've done their, their, what they needed to do. Yes, I absolutely. That's a really lovely way to, to put that. I know for myself, one of the things I told myself very early on is I would never like deny myself books. So throughout my life, 
if I've wanted to buy a book, and of course I frequent the library a lot too, but if I wanted to buy a book, I've just always given myself permission to do it. That was one thing I was not going to edit out. But as you can imagine, I have ended up with quite a collection. And um, so yes, in an effort to pare that back, 